Sammy, who do you think should be in charge of the baby's sleeping schedule? Definitely the parent. Oh, you think the parent. <laughs> okay, so you think the people to whom God gave the child should make these kind of decisions and not say a one-month-old. Yes, I think, I think the adult would know better. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hi, everybody, and good morning or afternoon or whenever you're hearing this. Uh, This is Stephen, and... um, I'm having a conversation today with an old family friend. Her name is Samantha Beausejour. Um, most people call her Sammy, and that's what I'm sure I will call her. And Sammy um, is an experienced mother of six, and she is an expert in sleep training. She actually has a, has a little business that she started up, uh, I don't know, a year or two ago, um, called Sleep Dream Team, and and uh, she helps people with um, sleep training for their for their children. So we've heard from a number of you that sleep training is an issue um, that you need help with, and so we'd love to give you access to Sammy Bosejour and get some wisdom from her. So she and I are about to have a talk. It's going to be great. Here here it goes. Enjoy her. Well, hi, Sammy. Thank you for being here. A significant pain point for a lot of families is their infants sleeping. And of course, that grows into toddlers sleeping poorly, which grows into eight-year-olds sleeping poorly and on and on. Yeah. So as they're probably doing the survey at nine o'clock at night, just five in the morning. That's right. That's right. That's right. You are let, let's see. I was I was going to have this hilarious introduction for you and say you are a woman that I married several years ago. How many years ago did I marry you? Um, are you talking about like when I worked? Wait. No, I that I married you. You oh, remember? Oh, you. <laughs> Ten years ago. Ten years, Ten ago, years ago, I married you. <laughs> I married you to your wonderful husband Michael. Uh, I didn't marry you to me. I married you to him. Um, that is not quick on this. And. And uh, that has been a fruitful relationship, yours yes. and Michael's. Yes. Uh huh. It's been it's been very fruitful. To the tune of um, six children and seven, the seventh on the way in a few months. Wonderful, hallelujah! Yeah, I know. And you kind of um, carved out a niche as being the sleep training guru. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Um. Well. It all started when I actually worked for you guys. Uh-huh. And that was more than 10 years ago. Yeah. Like 12 years ago. Um, so I was your guys' nanny for a couple years. And I got to experience firsthand sleep training with your oldest um, when she was... She was a little older at that point. She was sleeping through the night, um, doing her naps. Um, but I got to really experience it with your second, Ada, uh, from... I think Ada was... A newborn. Yeah, when I started with you guys. Um, maybe maybe a couple weeks old or a couple months old. 
but um, I just got to be really involved in the process of sleep training a child and got to reap the benefits of not having to worry about whether the the child I was taking care of was, you know, going to be cantankerous right. or if I was going to have to rock her to sleep for an hour or I was just, I got to show up to work, spend time with like these really sweet girls. And then when nap time rolled around, it was just a real quick, here's your, here's your bed, here's your pull up and enjoy yourself for the next few hours. I'm going to get some stuff done downstairs. (laughs) And it was very simple and just really, I had no, um, at that point, I didn't have any like frame of reference or scope. I'd never thought about child sleeping before. Okay. Um, but then I remember specifically when you guys were at the hospital and Dora was having Ada doing an overnight with joy. Right. And just realizing like, Oh, there's something to this. Like this little girl, her parents aren't around. Like we just showed up at night. We put her to bed and she, didn't wake up till like seven thirty the next day. Right, and was so happy. And I and I it, I I just made a mental note of when I start having kids, I'm going to do this. Mm. So um, and you had never been around e- either a family that did or did not sleep train. It was just kind of a new. It was a well. You just heard the rumors. It's like oh, when you have kids, you're oh just yeah, sleep. You know, yeah. Dot dot dot. And so that was like the narrative I had always known and assumed I would adopt and then working for you guys uh for that season it just gave me a new story yeah and I was like I'm just gonna read the same books that Dora read and apply the same principles I think she sent me some like excel spreadsheets yeah that's right I was like okay I know I feel confident like there wasn't a point in time where I was like I don't know if I can do this because I had experience with your girls yeah so let's assume um that Let's assume that we've got some family leaders that are listening and they might be saying, honey, I'd like for you to listen to this too. So we can, I think we can probably assume for this episode, we're going to be talking to as many women as men, which is unusual for us, but I think that's probably safe. And I want to get to the book recommendations. And I also want to get to very practically give people some first steps because it is a pain point, but I would like to talk to, I mean, I'm, I'm very much less interested in how something executes than I am the reasons why. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'd like to talk first about what, why, why sleep train? What's the value of it? Now, I'll, I'll be the first to say, I know people who sleep train their children simply because they want their lives to be more predictable and they want them to be easier are there other reasons that you would want to sleep train your children? Yeah. Um, well, I kind of want to define sleep training. Great. Um, so it's, and and I think in this particular example, practice makes perfect. We're, we're on our seventh child, and I've slept trained all of them up until now. And so um, for, like, my definition of sleep training is taking – a new person who has no concept of doing anything, including putting themselves to sleep and coaching them into, this is how we fall asleep. Um, you have no idea how to do it. You've been like rocked in a womb your entire life. Um, you're on a reverse schedule. Um, you don't know how to soothe yourself. 
at all. And so for me, sleep training is like giving these like new people tools. And it's basically like the very first training that we do, like as parents, um, giving them tools to sleep, which is something they're going to do their entire lives. Now, I've got to hold you up because those are two you make you make two really significant points there. One is that you're saying that sleep training is forgive the language. I don't mean anything culturally, whatever, but it's a way to empower your child is giving your child a gift of a tool that they will use for the rest of their lives. And secondly, I hear you saying that you, you said it's the first training that we do for them. So Mm -hmm. there's a command for parents to train their children up. Okay. Mm -hmm. That happens in a couple of places Jesus, that's the Great Commission. One of our most popular episodes is a very poorly recorded thing that I did uh, at Crossroads years ago, which is called um, um, the Great Commission at Home. And it's that our command from God is to make disciples. And we have these little disciples in our home. We get to establish their entire worldview. So training has to be part of it. It's, re- it's repeated over and over. That's the verb. That's the magic verb. So you said coaching which is the same. And you said it's a first training that we do. So I find that really significant. So the training muscle that we're going to be developing as parents, which will be, I will coach my child into a godly worldview. I will coach my child into the fruits of the spirit. I will coach my child into how to do relationships, how to obey, et cetera, et cetera. And this is the first thing that you'll teach them. I will coach my rested child into. That's right. A rested <laughs> child. So, so, um, I, 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 I'd rather just like hear you talk ad lib about again, why we do it. What are the values of doing it? And you could even talk to me about What's the value of this, of this first training? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have had words, uh, at the beginning of this, like when I was working for you guys or even through my first few kids, but having gone through six children, there's a lot of whys. Um, I think we, our family deeply values rest, um, spiritually, physically, just, we do our weekly Sabbaths. We have a big wind down each night. Um, so we we just really pour a lot into getting the good sleep, good rest time, um, just getting Great. refreshed for the work of our lives. We, we do demand a lot from our kids um, as far as like their participation in the household. Our and- listeners have heard some of that because we talked to Michael right. about the way that you guys run run children so people are a little bit familiar with how you do home so continue um so yeah so we demand you know we have high expectations for our children for ourselves and so we deeply value coming into that rested um and uh and then the other wise it's an introduction to training we put a lot of emphasis on following the biblical mandate of training up our children in the way they should go. And so this is, um, this is just 101. I mean, it's like, welcome to the world. Now I'm going to, I'm going to make you a happier baby and a happier person um, right away because I'm going to give you the tools you need to, to just 
shut down for a little bit so yes. that you can wake up and like get a really good feeding in, um, which will lead to, yeah, enjoying your bedroom. Like I've never had a child who's like been apprehensive about going to sleep in a dark room or um, feeling scared at night. Like they love their beds. They love sleeping. They, it's, it's a, a joy. That's great. Um, another why is our babies are happy because they're rested. Um, not just because they're rested, but it's a big reason. And when we have, when we introduce a happy baby into our family, it are the older siblings, they enjoy our children. So Tilly doesn't mind that we keep, Tilly's our oldest, she's eight. And there's no part of her that has ever questioned like, why, why do you keep having these babies? They're a big pain, in, you know? And yeah. No one's getting sleep and it cries all the time. Like, there's, she is so excited, like, each time that we introduce a new sibling into the fold um, because they're happy. And yep. so I, I want to encourage the older children to, to, to want to be parents and that's to great. want to have uh, children. Um, so that's a big why. So, th- so none of the kids right now. So you're, you're very pregnant right now. And so none of the kids are going, oh, no, there's a baby coming. We're not going to be able to sleep for six months. Nobody says that. No, they're all so excited. Um, they, they, they're, they're, they want the next one after this. They, wanted, they, they want me to have, like, 15 weeks. <laughs> I mean, my son, Manny, yesterday, like, typed into a calculator until it maxed out and was like, have this many kids. <laughs> And he's three. He has no idea. He's That's four. Great. He has no idea what he's talking about. That's but great. Yeah, they like they love it. Um, Isn't so. that? That's a huge thing. I just want to underline that. Um, this was reiterated in an article I wrote recently about uh, raising your children, and it is that for a child to champion the family, the having of children. And just the production of a working household is is a major facet of what we're called to do. So, the I think the number one thing that we should build into our sons is that they have an ambition to be godly husbands, and the number one thing that we should build into our girls is that they want to be godly wives. So that won't be God's plan for every single one of them, but it will for most, for the vast majority of them. So we have to. That's part of our training. So. When you're talking about happy kids, it's reminding me there's a pop psychologist out right now who's who one of his little tips is develop your children into the kind of people that you enjoy being around. And it is. Um, And it's it's such a great tip, which I, I look around at the way that people treat their children, say, at a restaurant where they want them. They kind of if they if if they could, they would put them in a bag and set them in the corner because that's what they do with the screens is like, I want you to go away. And this is the only way I know how to sedate you. So so I want you to go away. But your your family, you seem to enjoy your kids. Yeah, we just went to Bob Evans, like at the tail end of a vacation, and they had circular tables there. And so our table is like a long rectangle. And my husband and I had the discussion of like, man, we like the circle table. You can like see everybody and everyone's more engaged. And we all just sat at this table at Bob Evans and it was great. That's great. No one had a screen. That's great. 
I mean, that particular day, we had driven till three in the morning to get home. So, oh, wow. But our kids know how to put themselves to sleep. Right. So they like, they, they all basically slept in the car from like nine to three. So they were fine. My husband and I were really tired. So they can, your kids can sleep in a car. They could sleep on an airplane if they had to. They're flexible because they know how to soothe themselves yes. to sleep. Yeah. And I'm, I just want to say this on the nose. Would you say, you enjoy being around trained kids more than kids who are not trained. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Just wanted to hear that. And so I wanted to get to this later, but I, I, I know that people really want practicalities and I'm trying to hold that off because I'm interested <laughs> in the theory. But um, I know people that do a lot of decor and padding out of the bedtime routine that it must be a dark, quiet room. There must be a sound machine going on. There must be, I don't know, twinkle, twinkle, little star playing on a deal. Those kids that have that, they're unable to sleep well when they're traveling, when they're at a friend's house, et cetera, because there's all this accoutrements to it. Do yeah. you do any of that? Crutches. Yeah, the crutches. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, at the beginning, there's definitely consistency that, that I uh, provide my babies uh -huh. um, and the the consistency is the overall arc so for a majority of their naps and bedtimes they are in their bed with their sure. blanket in a dark room i'm a huge advocate of like no nightlights yep like just well that's what i'm asking yeah, let's okay like, let it be dark um but yeah there's like we have both sets of grandparents in town so who are willing to watch our kids regularly so there's all my kids know how to nap in Mimi and Papa's bedroom and the yep. back and play in their bedroom. Uh -huh. Or um, or my older kids, you know, we, we just did this 11-hour road trip. And my younger kids watch my older kids. My older kids get tired. They, like, lean their head to the side and they fall asleep. And the younger kids are, oh, okay, okay I guess we're going to do that too. You yeah. Know? So this isn't our usual spot, but uh -huh. okay. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not... Um, there's a consistency, but there's not a lot of crutches. Like I, I've even started eliminating the sound machine because I just realized, oh, they don't necessarily, they kind of get used to like our, our life is pretty on um, like the same noises go on every day. So yeah. when they hear the coffee grinder from my husband at six in the morning, they're like, oh, I don't know what they are like because they've never come out yeah. to wake up. I'm assuming they might hear it or they just sleep through it. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So again just theory what's the value you, I don't know if you have any stats on this or anything but what's the value of giving um, a newborn child a consistent routine that over and over and over again they're going to experience the same thing and they know what to expect I don't have stats or numbers um, I do know from it, like I have read a couple uh, science journals on sleep, mm -hmm. um, like the science of sleep. It's pretty interesting. Newborns, they don't enter into a state of deep sleep until they're almost like eight or nine weeks old. So they actually don't have any like the the deepest cycle of sleep, which I think there's like there's tons of different huh. levels of sleep, um, six to eight. I'm, I don't even know, but. Uh, newborns the deepest state of sleep that they enter into up until they're like two months old is like the um, REM cycle okay so they don't enter into deep sleep cycle and so so I've just noticed 
when you're establishing like a, a rhythm, like a predictable like rhythm from them from the get go, um, you know, from like their first week or their second week, it's when they're ready to like enter into the new stage of sleep into like deeply sleep like it's it's a it's a smooth transition they don't wake up out of the deep sleep state shocked at uh-huh. like well i fell asleep in my mom's arms and now i'm awake and i'm in this dark room and i'm cold and i'm alone and ah, like right there's not there's not that they can they can enter into a deep sleep and come out of a deep sleep in like the same position in the same like the same place and there's like a confidence I think that gets built yes at least that's what I've observed in my kids of I'm like giving them the confidence to fall asleep on their own and then when they wake up to be alone right and and the confidence that like oh mommy does she comes to get me every time and like she's never not come and I'm just gonna like lay here and be content so I have you know three four or five month olds who you can hear them wake up from their nap time and it sounds like they're having a party in their bed. They're just like giggling. I don't know if they're playing with their toes or yeah. they're rolling around or they're just, they're having a ball. They're content. Yeah, because they're not worried about anything. So you mentioned a couple of things there that are really important. One, you mentioned self-confidence. Mm-hmm. So that is, I'm comfortable with my surroundings. I can handle this. I can do this. And you would never think of that with an... A two-month-old has self-confidence. But literally, if I need someone to hold my hand to tell me that this environment is okay for me every time and I cannot be alone, you're not fostering self-confidence. Yeah. And the second thing that y- you mentioned is um, the, the trust that's being built with my parents. So I know they're going to come in. With, this is what we do every time. I know they're. I know that this is the way they lay me down. You know, I don't. I don't know what you'd say about shush pat, but I remember shush patting my yeah. kids, walking out of the room. You know, I remember holding my wife's hand and just going like, 20 minutes is our cutoff." We and we. I don't think we ever really had to go past 20 minutes yeah. of a kid crying. Um, and they developed that confidence that I can. I can do this myself. I can. I can go to sleep if I get woken up in the middle of the night. If I cry out for a long time, somebody might appear, but I, I, I don't usually need someone to appear. And I also know that when I wake up in the morning, someone's going to come. And these are the foundations of trust mm-hmm. and self-confidence. And as you say, training, I want to make you can you can all actually start talking to us about how to do this. I just want to make one um, last point, which I don't know if you would have made or not, but I just want to say it. And that is that there is something about you you mentioned that sleep training is the first training that you do with your children so what training means is i'm not the master of the process that i'm going through right now someone else is the master of it they're watching over me i'm getting signals which are a yes do it this way no don't do it that way And because of a sleep schedule in general, a child is being integrated into the life patterns of the family, as opposed to the family feeling like the the game board has just been hit from the bottom, all the pieces go scattering. And for you guys to have 
uh, eight members of your family all sitting around going, well, I wonder what the baby will let us do. I wonder what, what are, what are going to be our new patterns with the new baby here? And that is not y'all's frame of reference. Your frame of reference is that baby is going to joyfully submit and start entering the patterns of our family. We know what's best for a child. So you'd never think of sleep training as submission or obedience, but I contend that you are you are planting the seeds of submission and obedience because you're telling a child, this is when you'll go to sleep. This is when you'll wake up. I remember in the early days feeling so strange because there's a baby that's sleeping and we would go wake it up. And people go, you don't ever, you know, you never do that with a child. And I'm thinking, we, we are doing that with this child because we want them to go to sleep later. Right. So we're not going to let them just get to the bottom of their sleep tank. You know, we're, there's a time when we're, that's kind of how naps work is there's a time we want them to go to sleep and time we want them to wake up. Yeah. We're In, running their schedule. Yes. Yeah. So anything to say about that, how they're, they're having to submit to a, a higher power? Uh, yeah. I mean, that is. That's probably one of the realizations that I had last of, oh, this is this is actually child training at the beginnings. And and when I and, and again to the confidence thing, like I've given them tools to be confident in their sleep and it have established trust. And I mean, say what you will about their understanding. They it, like the, the habit of submission and and allowing themselves to be trained is being is being entrenched into their like little brains yes from like the very beginning yes so when i sit them down at our and my husband i think talked about this in uh his episode when we sit them down at the at the table uh, in their high chair and do a training session with them of like okay this iphone is a no touch but this like spoon is a yes Mm mm-hmm they there's like something in them that's like oh wait a second I've, I've been in this position before like yeah i know there's something familiar about this like um and so yeah i think it's been i think it's been and they're rested you just know like they just woke up from a nap yeah like i know for a fact that like their their mind they think lucid, better like, they feel better yeah 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 so 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 my big point for the whole episode this is uh, and I, this is not my time to talk at sammy's but um i, I just want to make this point and then i just uh, turn over her to tell us how it works here's my point if the goal of parenting is to train your children to be disciples of jesus to grow them up to, and I'm going to quote Jesus here from Matthew 28, 19, teach them how to obey or train them how to obey, meaning obeying his voice. Then the first thing that we can do that plants a seed for them to obey the voice of God is sleep training. That's the first training that they undergo. It sets them up for, for learning to obey, for learning to submit they transfer the, they they transfer that feeling which i don't think uh, as an infant they even know who's coaching them but as they transfer that that uh, feeling of someone is over me they transfer that to their children and then our um, job in adolescence is to help them make that transfer to to god and say the way that you hear my voice and obey me you're to hear god's voice and obey him and sleep training is the very first step that happens mm-hmm. okay so anything else to say about the the concept in general about the, why. the whys um my last why was 
um, we sleep train because we we do have other members of the family, and so we um, and I'll talk about this more in the practical, but. Um, you guys had an episode on, like the seasons of imbalance. Yes, we, like imbalance ourselves towards like a physical capital for eight weeks to twelve weeks, usually closer to eight weeks. So for about two months, we're just pouring into the, this physical capital for this child of sleep, um, so that we can we can enjoy our like get back to our regular rhythms as like a family yeah so it's not six to 12 months of our lives are just hanging in the balance and we don't know what we're doing with ourselves like it's actually no it's actually two to three months of there's a bit of a fog over us we're taking things slowly we're pouring a lot into our physical capital and then and then it's over and then we we have an active member of the family whose job is to sleep and to eat and who's actively doing their role. And then again, it's the the children are happier because they get their mom back to pay more attention to them or play or just be in better spirits because I'm rested and my husband's rested. And yeah, so. So the setup, the setup for a baby coming in, you you take like 10 weeks where you just kind of clear out the schedule and go, we're not doing extraneous stuff because we've got a baby. Yeah, we go, we, we nosedive into, we're, we're at home. We're like focused on everybody just it, like resting and sleeping. And I'm working on my physical recovery. Um, and my, my husband does more with like, he's more involved with like the older kids. Obviously yes. I'm more involved with the baby. But yeah, it's a very like, very like concentrated effort um, at the front end of the baby being born. Okay. Um, which I would prefer to. When it's like, I mean, I I can't tell you how many times I've talked to moms who are like, man, man, my three year old still won't sleep through the night. And I'm like, what does that look like? Does that mean he just like wakes up and like you go in there and you like are like, hey, Tommy, I'm here for you, right. and then he falls back asleep, or is it like? They have to get in bed with you. I'm like, I don't, right. I don't know what that means, yeah. but that sounds terrible. Yes, it does it's sound like a terrible. Very, like long, drawn out process. Yeah. So. Okay, so somebody somebody brings a baby home. What do you do? Okay, <laughs> the practical. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I would definitely be prepared. Uh, I read the books that I read before. What are those my books? Born was born. Um. There's probably a lot out there, but the two that I've read are On Becoming Baby Wise by Robert Buckman, or Buckman, I think I can't remember, and um, Gary Ezzo. It's just... Baby Wise is baby one, of wise. The, one of the standard texts yeah. in our world. Yeah, Everybody knows. Yep. But I read it, and I got a lot of tips and tricks, and um, a lot of the, the how of the actual schedule is in there. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is the baby whisperer solves all your problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by Tracy hog. Um, and that one is more of, there are like, there's a lot of schedules in there too, but th- that, that book's more of like, when you run into this problem, you know, here's like a, here, go back to this solution. It's kind of more of like a flow chart uh-huh. of like, Oh, your baby's starting to wake up at the same time every night. Okay go back to this like part of the training that you might have skipped yeah um so i see that book more of like a flow chart of i'm running into this problem where do i go 
so you would say baby wise is kind of more like the setup and then as you're getting into it you, you might consult back to the baby whisperer, the baby whisperer to, yeah. to solve problems but i would recommend reading them before not reading them when you're sleep deprived yeah uh-huh. <laughs> like reading them before um and just yeah kind of really like thinking about what time do I want my baby to wake up? Because that's like one of the crux of of sleep training is this like awake the same wake up time every day. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tilly woke up at four thirty in the morning and needed to be nursed, and now she's asleep. But her wake up time's at seven. Wow! And I'm so tired. But I'm gonna. This is a sacrifice I'm making for the short term. So in the long term, she's like not waking up at four thirty yeah. in the morning. So seven a.m. rolls around. I'm I'm getting her up. Um, so for some people, that's 6 a.m. For some people, it's 8 a.m. So just, um, yeah, reading those books, establishing what what your family schedule is before the baby comes. So yep. Those are all things that can happen before. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting getting the sleep arrangement set up. And now have you ever um, done, have you ever started the sleep training in the womb where you like wake up the kid in the womb and all that? No. Okay. <laughs> Because I've, I've heard of that one. I've heard of people doing that. No, I've never done that. Because I've had so much success postpartum. Yeah, right, 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 right. Okay. That's awesome. No, I'm not that, I'm not that cool. Um, so set, setting up the room, what do you, do you have any suggestions? We're, we're pretty, we, we're kind of maxed out in our rooms because um, of all the kids. So it's, the baby's not necessarily getting a nursery. We just have a, a pack and play um we have a big walk-in closet, so our newborns get the our big walk-in closet yeah. for the first six months of their lives, uh-huh. until they can fully transition with the big kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a pack and play. I mean, the first uh, couple weeks when they're like you know really young and nursing a lot, and we're establishing their feeding schedule and stuff. They're they're actually in with us um, in like a pack and play in our room. Um, and and then after that, yeah, they move into their own space, which is just it's just a, a room. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Yeah. Because the lights are going to be out and it's like a crib or pack and play. And um, and this is where there's flexibility. Like some people like to swaddle their babies. Some people like to have, you know, the sound machine on um, some people. I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Maybe like a special blanket. So there's like flexibility in that. Of, yeah. Um, what you're actually giving your child we're yeah we're pretty simple just dark room okay like mattress um i some babies i swaddle some babies i don't that i kind of judge like after they're born um see what they take to yeah if they're going to be aggressive about it and break out i'm not gonna i'm not necessarily gonna fight them because them being swaddled isn't like, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. And I can sleep train around that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So that's... Okay, so I was just answering what the room looks like. Yeah. Okay, so baby, so baby's born. Yep, baby um, comes home. Baby comes home. So the in both these books that I've read and, and with all the children, it's like it's an eat, wake, sleep pattern. So a lot of times it's reversed. Write that down, everyone. Eat, wake, eat, wake sleep <laughs> so a lot of times what happens is people will nurse their child to sleep um now what you're going to get out of that is a baby who is just needs to be nursed to sleep 
And then when they do start entering that deep sleep cycle, they wake up panicked because they're like, oh, I was attached to my mom, like physically attached to my mom when I fell asleep. And now I'm like alone. No good. Yeah. Or you get like a, a baby who snacks, who's not getting the full amount of food because they're exhausted mm. and they just fall asleep and then they wake up 45 minutes later because they're like, I didn't get enough. Yeah. Um, I could also see a two-year-old that wants to feel full or they can't fall asleep or a 40-year-old right. that wants to feel full or <laughs> yes, they can't fall asleep. Yeah. So no, we, we, we make sure that they're first rested and then fed. Um, so it's, so yeah, it's, it's, re, it's reversed. Then I think that the nurse and the baby to sleep. So yeah. So eat, wake, sleep. So the baby wakes up, they're rested because they've napped or they've gone overnight. They eat. First thing they do is eat. Um, and then there's like a wake time, which for a newborn is going to be five minutes where you're changing their diaper, you know? And then, you know, for my eight-year-old it's the rest of the day so they're obviously the wake times change as they get older and then there's the sleep like you've you've gotten your food we know that you're full we know that you're changed now let's let's sleep you're fully awake and I'm gonna put you in this bed and you are going to fall asleep which I know sounds crazy but when you do it at like a very young age I they, they, they learn. They just, right. they know like, oh, what am I? Okay. Oh, I just sleep. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so that's where, and that's where the baby whisperer book comes in because there are like little like, well, what if my baby, you know, is, um, wakes up after 15 minutes or like, or, or like the crying themselves to sleep. Like, how do I like navigate around that? Um, so with, and again, the practice makes perfect. We're on our almost seventh child sleep training. And with my first, she was a little angel baby, like just caught on to it right away. Um, our second born, I, we, we had to let him cry like a lot. And I think I made a lot of mistakes with him of letting him cry too much, not addressing his needs. Like I was still like learning the tricks of the trade and he, to this day, he just doesn't need as much sleep. Like there, you, there is that factor. Yep. Like to this day, he's like my highest energy kid. Yeah. He sleeps, you know, 11 hours a night, but like he's doesn't need as much sleep as the other kids. Right. Like my oldest would sleep. She's like a teenager. She would sleep until we woke her up. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like mistakes that I learned from with him of like, Oh, it's, it's not all about like, the cry it out or I'm not, you know, this isn't like cruel parent training. Yes. Um, and so with, and then with my third through six, it got progressively less and less. I, I just was able to like hone in on the tricks of like, of, of, of knowing how to put them down so that there was like the least amount of crying. And one of those tricks that I honed in on was like, put a baby to sleep who's fully awake like don't wake and don't wait until that's interesting sleepy to like put them to sleep Hmm. because then they're like then you're then you're going into the waters of like overtiredness Mm -hmm. and confusion and when like a baby's overtired it's different than when adults overtired they just they cannot they they can't make decisions no it's not good it's not good so that's like one of my that's really interesting tips is yeah my babies are 
you know, I mean, newborns aside, I don't feel like a newborn's ever wide awake. They're yeah. just in a constant state of dreaming. Drowse. Yeah. yeah. But like all my children are, are wide awake when we put them down for naps. And it's it's actually really rewarding because mm. I love putting my uh, one-year-old Clarity down to sleep. She loves her bed. She like gets a big smile on her face when we walk into the room. Aww. And she like gets her little tushy up in the air and like puts her head to the side. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm so happy you put me here. Uh, Thank you so much. And she's just enjoying it. Not even, not, she doesn't feel like sleeping. Yeah. She smiles at me. Well, at this point she like knows what to do. So she'll smile at me and be like, okay, you can leave now. Like, <laughs> You've been great. Please go. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, so I kind of went off on a, Thing, so but. so give us um, uh, a sample schedule for uh, a two-week-old. Yeah, so I have like spreadsheets one to two weeks, three to five weeks, seven to ten weeks, 12 to 15 weeks, 13 to 16 weeks. And those are all in like the books. Um, okay, so like a two-week-old, you're like establishing um, their their eating routine at this point. So it's it's almost less about sleep and more about, you know, getting them fed and like up to weight and like establishing milk supply if you're um nursing so um for us there's like nine feeds in one day um, for like a two-week-old and they're all two and a half hours maximum three hours apart maybe a four-hour stretch overnight uh-huh. so yeah have no illusions when i when i have a newborn i'm not getting sleep right first I mean, like around the five week mark is when they'll start doing five hour stretches at night. Um, and then at the six week mark, six hour stretches kind of good, kind of like that up to 12 weeks. So I'm literally not getting overnight sleep for yeah. a good month, but it's okay. Cause I, cause there's like purpose to it. Like sure. 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 Happening. Um, yeah. It doesn't, you don't have that despairing feeling of when will this end? You know, when it'll end, it'll end like week five. Right. Yeah. And so when I have to wake up multiple times at night, I, it's not, I'm like, this is, this is a season I'm, I'm pouring into this, this capital for like this short season. And I know that the fog's going to clear. Yes. Um, we look back into those days with such fondness. Yeah. Because that w- it was this special little moment when you, the sacrifice of getting up in the night, it's like a gift that you give this child who has nothing to give you and, and uh, isn't going to for some time. Do, do you, do dream feeds happen at that stage? There's dream feeds. Is that from the, the is that from the beginning? Um, that's, that's from the beginning. Mm-hmm. What you're asking, what does a two week old schedule look like? Yeah. It looks like. They wake up at 7.30 in the morning and then they eat at 10 in the morning and 12.30 in the afternoon and 3.30. So when you say they eat at 10, you you also mean and they go to sleep. And they've been asleep. Yeah. For the schedule says wake up at 7.30, wake time, minimal, sleep, 8.30 and then oh, eat, 10 a.m. Okay. So, they're, so they were up for an hour. So they're, well, and no, not really because... You, you wake them up, you're, you're nursing them, they're falling asleep on you while they're nursing because they're two week old. Yep. And then by the time you're done nursing, because at that point when they're so young, it takes like a half hour. Yep. And then you have to do the diaper change, which they probably tricked you and soiled their pants. And <laughs> you've already changed their diaper to wake them up, but then you have to change it again because they've soiled their pants again. Yes. 
And then the actual like process of putting them to sleep is about 15 minutes where you're like, like it's, it's the, it's the same thing that we do as adults in our household. We're winding down. So they have like a wind down period before their naps where, you know, okay, grandma, please give me the baby. We're done holding her, you know, like. To, or like Mickey, please leave the room. You're done smacking her head. Like, yeah. This is going to be like a time where I can just, you know, swaddle the baby or just literally like put them down. Like I usually put them in their crib 15 minutes before their actual sleep time. Okay. So they can't fall asleep. So the sleep. At- and do you stay in the room with them during that time? During that wind down, what you're calling? Um, The new newborns. Yes, because I'm probably going to take a nap myself or be reading next to them or whatever I'm doing. Okay. But when it gets to the point where we're, where I'm moving around a little more and they're a little older, usually around the three or four week mark, that's when we start. They're still maybe going to be in my bedroom, but I'm not necessarily going to be in there with them Uh falling asleep. Um, so and and there there are there's like as I'm talking about it, I'm like there's so many like little nuances things, yeah nuances that happen um, that I largely got from these books and then just like having like the end goal in mind of like if I if if I stay in here every time they fall asleep they're going to depend on that you correct know? if I like hold them every time they fall asleep they're going to depend on that so just really focusing on the end goal of like, okay, what's going to be the easiest thing for them to transition mm-hmm. like on their own. Um, so you don't, you, you don't like rock them every time. Yeah. Which I think was hard for the first few kids for the grandparents. Cause there was like always like this kind of ongoing joke of nobody gets to hold Sammy's newborns. Yeah. And, but now that we're, you know, six kids deep, people in our families <laughs> value that because our kids, stay you don't have to, and they know like, oh, when we put your kids to bed, they go to sleep. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so there is a lot of like, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad that you came to see my child, but I'm going to take them away from you now and put them in their bed because this is like, this is where I want them to sleep. Yeah. So making those decisions. Um, okay. And there's like, and there's a whole book on boundaries by Dr. Henry Crowd that you can read that yep. like would help you just establish, you know, like this is, this is actually what I want for my family. And so I'm going to create a, an environment to protect that. Um, Great. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of new, especially moms of like firstborns, you just get so many visitors, you get oh yes, like so many sweet people who like come and you know, it, and it can't, it can't be like hard to be like, here's the baby. Okay. I'm glad you got to see him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's an important thing that, that, um, I think new moms need to hear, which is your priority with a newborn when you have a newborn is your newborn. And your family. So when people want to, I see a lot of people sort of cave on what the schedule is because somebody's around, somebody special came from out of town. And would you tell them, no, no, for the baby's sake, you got to continue to be structured and disciplined? I, I would. Um, I think that there's a way that you can be both honoring to the people who, who want to celebrate with you and to, well, in my mind, I'm like, I'm honoring 
my husband by like getting sleep because he does not like it when I'm sleepy right? or when our children are crying in the middle of the night. Yeah. He does not like that. And yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think just, and that's something you can do before the baby's born. Like when you like establish like their schedule of like, just, yeah, just having those boundaries in place before mm-hmm. the baby's born. And th- yeah, there's flexibility in it. Um, but yeah, I would, and, I would greatly encourage just to to be okay with saying no. Gotcha. And are in this routine where there's nine nine naps and feeds happening in a day, um, does Michael take any of those? He'll Can the, he? He'll do the dream feed sometimes. That was my duty as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 11, 11.30, somewhere around there. Yeah, I, I or depending on the age, ours is, yeah, anywhere from uh, or 10 one. to 11. Yeah. Um, or, or 9 to 10. <laughs> Bo cannot do an 11 o'clock dream feed. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, wow, how late do I have to sleep? So, yeah, the dad usually will do a bottle uh-huh. with the dream feed, and, and that's a pretty sweet, That's a, I think it's a sweet little time. It is. Um, so. Okay, so I know you've done some baby whispering of your own. So you're called in with some families who they, they've got what seems to be an untenable situation to them. We cannot keep doing this. You come in to be a fixer. So what's, what are some questions that you ask if you've got a one-year-old and everybody's dying? Um, my questions are, are usually focused on their daytime sleeping. And... Uh, more often than not, I realize that this sweet child is not getting the proper amount of sleep during the day. Mm. Um, or they're not getting like a consistent schedule during the day. And that has bled into their overnight. Um, is there a consistent reason for that? Mom's just running around and doesn't want to slow down? I think a lot of times parents take cues from the baby. Yeah. Um, oh, they just didn't want to sleep. So we figured they were ready to drop their nap. Um where we, we have a hard we have a hard uh, line at of four years old. You you nap until you're four. In okay. My house. And then when you're four, you get the reward of like so. My son um, just turned four, and he's like, I get to skip naps, and but he knows not all naps. So it's like we transition him to like every other day, and then uh. you know by the time they're five, they're they're totally done. But that's that's old. Like, I, I think a yeah. lot of people drop their baby's naps when, you know, oh, my baby just stopped wanting to sleep. And so I figured they were done with their naps. Yeah, I've heard that. It's probably not true. They uh-huh. probably still needed sleep. They were exerting themselves and they trained you uh-huh. is, is kind of what it comes down to. Um, and so, yeah, so that's usually a question that I start ask, start off with, like, how's their daytime sleep? Um and there's usually not a whole lot happening. Yeah. Um, For the sake of saying it on the nose, who, Sammy, who do you think should be in charge of the baby's sleeping schedule? Definitely the parent. Oh, you think the parent. <laughs> okay. So you think the people to whom God gave the child should make these kind of decisions and not say a one month old. Yes. I think, I think the adult would know better. Okay. Yeah. In this case. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So we lovingly tell them. No, no, I know you don't want to sleep, but you're going to be happier. You're going to be happier if you do. Yes. So we want you to be happy. And all the things we said earlier, we want to like you more. 
We want you to fit into the rhythms of our family. We want your siblings to like you. We want this to go well for everybody. And if we will do the sometimes hard work of consistency and discipline, this will be a wonderful place for all of us. Okay, go go on. If what else you were gonna say about um, being a fixer in somebody else's um, scene? A lot of times, there's the actual um, bedtime rhythms. So, like the the bedtime routine. Um, I like uh, like there's there's um like a overstimulation. I think that we give kids a lot of the times when we're putting them to bed. Oh, we give Mikey a bath, and then we let him watch, like, a 15-minute show, and, you know, then we will, we'll, like, read him a, two or three books and, you know, lay with him for 15 minutes, and, you know, and then sometimes, like, he wants to go potty afterward, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, like, no wonder you hate bedtime. Right. <laughs> this is terrible. Yes. So, I think, uh, yeah, just, not, like... We, we kind of do the bare minimum for, like, the younger they are, the, the less we do for them at bedtime. Now, our older kids, we have um, a five, six, and eight-year-old sharing a room. And when we put the younger three down, we read a chapter, a couple of chapters of a book with our older kids and, like, sit around and do Legos while Daddy's reading. Mm-hmm. But, like, it, that's a joy. It's not, yeah. like... Yeah, it's not like this militant routine that we have so that our child will please hopefully follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, like, we just want to spend more time with you now that the younger kids are down because like we can engage with you on a different level. Yes. Um, so I think there's like just a lot of frills and whistles, bells and whistles around, um, the bedtime routine that could, that's probably impeding on the child's actual sleep because they're like. Instead of winding them down, you're you're kind of revving them up, especially yeah. if there's like a show involved. Yeah. Um, you know. So. What, what, do you have a, a rule of thumb on uh, what's the youngest that you would let a child uh, be exposed to a television? Um, we don't. I mean, not like a hard one. We do family movie night, and like our one-year-old's crawling around in the basement with uh-huh. it, but um, like. We, we, in general, don't do shows for our kids. I mean, I'm just going to say that okay. on a public That's podcast. all right. Say it. We don't really... Um, we kind of made that decision a while ago. So, like, a, shows aren't a consistent part of our day. We would do family movie night. If I'm having an extra... I, I just need, like, a half hour. I mean, this probably happens once a month. I'll, like, put on, like a PBS something for, but that's not really a thing that we, yeah that they're exposed to every day. Um, so, so no, there's not okay. like a, yeah, none of them really get that, but especially the babies. Right. Yeah. Any other, any, any, any other things come to mind that you, when you step into the house of somebody who's having trouble with their infants or toddlers sleeping you look for a couple of things because these are common issues yeah um well you talked about them before but the crutches are another issue so like does your baby need like five different blankets that are like especially his um or does like like, is a sound machine becoming a crutch like are you are you like any anything that the baby like really needs in order to sleep, you'd say minimize all those. Yeah, yeah. Don't um, even if it's painful taking them away. 
Yeah, well, that's where I would step in a lot of the times, and I'm like, here's here's like a way that maybe you can do it that that will be. It's going to be a little bit of like a band aid being ripped off, yeah. but just to like ease them into it's like you don't need this. You actually you can do it without it, um, and that's again like just giving them confidence to sleep on their own. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of times there's just like a lack of coaching and in that area because you just don't think about it you like we as adults know how to fall asleep we know how to put ourselves to sleep and so we don't think about it as like a skill set but it is Mm -hmm. um and so yeah the crutches are another thing that i look for of like oh did like and and it's usually the crutch is usually involved with the parent it's like you know Susie needs 15 minutes of being laid down with you know, and then mom needs to walk into the room of yeah. home four times before she can like actually fall asleep. Right, you know? right. So. so you want the sleep, the, the, the sleep routine to be as um, low, as, as low obligation on the parents as possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I babysat for a friend of ours, um, but I think before, yeah, before we had kids and I was there for a nap time. And she, she looked at me and she's like, we don't mess around at nap time. It's nap time. I don't have time to do anything. So they go in their beds and they know what to do. And I just like remember being like, wow, that's so smart. Like, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to read them five books before nap time or like, you know, negotiate with them. Like, this isn't like, this isn't like a, um, this isn't a negotiation with a terrorist. Yeah. Like, I'm just walking you up to your bed yeah. and like making sure you're there and then walking out. She's like, yeah, you know, we'll do a little something at bedtime with mom and dad, but no, like, and so say something about, um, crying it out. So crying it out, the 20 minute, the 20 minute rule is a big one. Um, they, they address, I, th- I can't remember which book, but they address like different, I think it's the baby whisperer, different types of cries. So like, um, so the first few weeks, I, I truly do feed on demand like the first the the first like even week um, yeah and so it's not like again like a harsh reg- regiment that I'm pulling out um, but yeah it gets to the point where there is you know when you're transitioning the overnight is when it's like usually happening so my baby's six weeks old and I and I'm transitioning her into um, like a, like a like a full night of sleep, which is like, you know, what I would consider eight hours and she's six weeks and she should be able to go six hours, but she wakes up at the four hour mark. Like, is she actually hungry? So there's, um, so in that case, I'm, I've done many different things, but, um, I usually wait. I don't go in right away. Mm. Um, so there is like the, I'm awake, I'm listening to their cry at this point, they're a few months old, so I can discern, is this a hungry cry? Is this I'm in pain? I got mm. my foot stuck in something cry? Mm-hmm. Is this just like, I haven't, I'm in like a coming out of REM cycle and I'm like, just, I'm actually asleep, but I'm just making a lot of noise cry. So, so there's like the pause. Um, I think like the French in their sleep training, that's what they call the pause. Oh. Um, so like there's the pause where you're just like, listening and not immediately running to the rescue. Okay. Um, which I think can be a huge mistake because then if they, 
because then you're running the risk of, oh, they were actually asleep. They're just fussing. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm ripping them out of their sleepness into awakeness. What's a rule of thumb for how long that should go? I usually... The pause. How well, long should you stay away? It depends on the cry. If it's like okay. a, you know, I'm furiously angry because I'm so hungry cry. It's a couple minutes and I'm like, oh, this baby's not going to sleep. Or if it's like a, you know, kind of like moaning and groaning and like a, like, like <laughs> I can tell you're awake, but your, 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 your needs are very minimal. Like mm-hmm. you're good. Like, mm-hmm. Then I'll like leave them. Um, so, so yeah. So it kind of depends on the cry. And then there's even, there is intervention. Like I do go in and help them coax them back to sleep when I'm like trying to like stretch their knives. You okay. Know, like I will. I will try to do something. I will try to give them something other than like a feed at that point in time to get over the hump. Yeah. So if they're a swaddled baby, maybe like re-swaddling them, or if um, they like the shush pat. Yep. Baby whisper. I've done that a couple of times. Um, if it's like in a like, and, like, and then there's like little nuances like um, they're going through a ghost spurt. Or maybe they just had some vaccinations or yeah. just like a whole series of this. This is a one-off and it's okay. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nurse them and they'll be fine. And this isn't going to like, my whole structure isn't going to fall apart. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So just being aware of what was their, what was their day like the day before? Okay. So I'm not an advocate of cry it out. I definitely listen. I definitely wait. I have done the 20 minute timer. Um. But I don't, with, again, uh, with our second born, we, I think we were too, we were too aggressive. Mm. And, and I do think that played out not in our favor, um, with some other issues, um, that are now addressed. But I just, I just, I learned a lesson in that of, okay. Don't be so bottom line. Yeah. It's not, yeah. I'm, the, the baby's getting sleep trained. Yeah. The baby doesn't need to cry for. Yeah like hours to be sleep trained. Gotcha. You know, it's, it's actually very minimal. And again, I'm like, I'm, I'm like subtly like have more kids. I'm like, practice makes perfect. The more I've had, yeah. the, the more I've realized like, like maybe some, some subconscious nuances where I, like literally my, my last born clarity, she did not, she did not, she did not cry. Her needs were met. She was a happy Amazing. baby. She like, came into the fold so yeah so i like there's probably some practical things there's definitely practical things i'm missing that i just do instinctually at this point Um. yeah i want to i just want to throw in that i think i said this in the introduction but um i just want to throw in that your children are all spunky they're all they're all full of personality and life and happy and i don't know if this is a new idea for folks and think that you know there's some kind of life squashing activity going on um, where we just want to put kids in this mold and crush them where what you're saying is this is a way to walk them into discipline that actually gets their mind right and like their their mind is settled because they're resting and their emotions are normalized mm-hmm. and they feel this confidence and trust and all this stuff so i just think that's important to throw into people because there's a there's a cultural idea out there that if you 
if you want to train your children at all, you have some some preformed expectation that you're trying to crunch them into right. as opposed to giving them a platform for them to be all that God made them to be, which right. is what we're trying to do. Right. And, and I think to add to that, when we take on the responsibility of training, we're also taking on the responsibility of um, like you have like like intimacy with like mm. with your children. So we're like our, our kids like this isn't like a, a militant home. Like we have to be just as proactive in our, our, our relational intimacy with like our children. And that's something that, um, we were, we're very careful to, to address of like, it's not all about, you know, it's, it's not all about the rod. It's not all about like the training sessions, but because we do that, there's a lot of time for us to rest with them, to do Legos with them, to read chapter books at night with them, to, um, be out back and like by the fire for hours yes. because there's not, um, cause there, there's not so much chaos that needs to be addressed. Right. I mean, there's a level of it. We sure. have lots of young kids, but so the, the, the sleep training is a factor. Like we don't have the chaos of, of sleeplessness. And so when, as my babies age up, I like, I have time to be intimate with them, to snuggle with them, to cuddle with them and to like read them books and, um, just like be smiling in their face. And, and, and I, and it, you need, you just need both. And so I, I think people want to have like one or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and I think with all things with the Bible, there's like a tension where you have to like kind of find yeah. like where that tension is of like, no, you need, you need the training, you need the discipline, you need the rod. And you also need the pearl grace and understanding heartstrings, you know, like, and and being intentional, that's not just going to come with it. Like of being like, Oh, I I need to like look my child in the eye today and, you know, you know, be affectionate towards them. And so, yeah, I think, yeah. Terrific. A little add on. Sammy, you are a, um, shepherdess. So the, 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 you know, the Bible word is pastor, but the Bible, the Bible word that we read pastor, it's only in there a couple of times, but it's really a shepherd and you are a shepherdess. So you have this little flock that you're taking care of. And I know that you have a shepherd's heart, not only towards your children, but you have a shepherd's heart towards a lot of women that you build into and, and have relationships with. I know that there's going to be a lot of desperate hanging by a thread people who will hear this would you pray for them for us to close yeah, out the time I would okay love to. um okay heavenly father thank you so much for the gift of children the life that you have um entrusted to us as parents and uh yeah lord we just want to we want to steward your gifts well all your gifts um and the children that you've given us being the most precious of them. And Lord, I just pray that, that you would, um, help us receive the gift of rest, uh, that the people listening would, um, have the, just the confidence to enter into rest with you, Lord, and, um, to, to do what they need to do to work towards that, that, 
Um, if there are parents who feel hopeless and sleepless and frustrated that um, they would just feel equipped to to go forward and to coach their children in sleeping um, and that we would be more energized and excited and ready to do your will, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sammy, for your time. I know a lot of families are going to benefit from your wisdom, and thanks for sharing it with us. You're welcome. All right. See you later. Thank you.